This is Too Busy to Podcast, a show for busy, multi-passionate female entrepreneurs at different stages of their podcasting journey who may be feeling frustrated or overwhelmed doing all the things. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast editor and podcast manager. I'll be coming to you every week, solo or with a guest, to share actionable tips, simple strategies and useful resources to help you manage and grow your podcast the simple way. We'll be covering the practical stuff like how to start a podcast, what equipment you should use, and how to create a podcast workflow that helps you to stay organized. But also, there's the other important stuff like mindset, email marketing, productivity, and storytelling. So open up the Notes app on your phone, and let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this special series of the podcast where I'll be speaking to female podcasters about their podcasting journey so far, the lessons they've learned, any challenges they've overcome or faced, and what advice they would give you, someone starting out in the podcasting space. So let's go meet today's guest. Please join me as I welcome today's guest, Lucy Orton. Lucy is a certified positive psychology coach, podcaster and expert on self-sabotage. Her popular weekly podcast, Self-Sabotage to Success, is in the top 5% of podcasts globally and has reached number seven in the UK Apple entrepreneurship charts. Lucy empowers her listeners and clients to step away from mindset gremlins and a critical inner voice and into their rightful space in the world. Lucy also works with creative teams and organisations to help them retain, support and empower their female talent and is particularly passionate about championing women so they are able to completely shift how they see themselves, creating huge and lasting impact for themselves and others. Lucy, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited that we were able to have this conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Rosemary. It's lovely to be here. So to kick off, I just love your bio. There's so many aspects of your bio that I really resonate with. And I love that you are going into organizations and helping them to retain, support and empower the female employees, their talent. Because as we all know, within the corporate space, women are often overlooked. There's obviously that salary difference thing. So I would love to learn more about the work that you do with organizations and business owners and how that led you to start in your podcast. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I do kind of have two strings to my bow as a business owner myself, and I'm doing more and more work with organizations. That's the direction that my business is moving in. But previously to that, I worked with and still do work with amazing purpose-led business owners. So kind of more like a one-man band or a small business or, you know, like under 20 employees, that kind of thing. And I love that work. But as time has gone on, I was getting more and more approaches from organizations, from networks from charities, from my old industry, which is advertising and marketing. And I realized that I could do a different kind of coaching, a different kind of intervention, and really speak to some of the people out there who are maybe not on the self-development journey that business owners, you know, kind of entrepreneurs are very much on these days. And yeah, so that's the kind of work that I do. It's coaching, it's workshops, it's one-to-one, it's going into organizations as well, and sometimes just talking to them about where they can improve their well-being practices. 
Um, or it's where they can look at how their systems might be really negatively affecting the mindsets of those that work for them and, and increasing levels of self-sabotage, especially in women, because we are really hard on ourselves. Definitely. What would you say you see most in terms of self-sabotage? Like what are the top three things that you see women saying or thinking about themselves? Oh, that's a good question. And it's hard to pin it down to three. Um, but ones that always spring to mind are imposter syndrome is very, very yeah. big. It's big on both sides of my client groups. Um, but definitely within organisations, it's huge, where people feel like they have to be so much more than maybe the man ahead of them, or the, the people in front of them, they feel like they need to kind of up their credentials, or they just don't feel good enough. So imposter syndrome yeah. is, is huge. Um, perfectionism, I think, which has got links with imposter syndrome as well, is massive. It was something that was personally a really big gremlin for me. And when I overcame it, it became an absolutely incredible um, you know, transformation for me personally. And I see it everywhere. And once you can unpick and really reduce perfectionism, so many lovely things open up for you where you can think, actually, I don't have that fear of getting something wrong anymore. So that's huge. And then I would say, if I was picking one more, and there's a couple, it's hard for me to choose, but um, it would be that negative inner voice, because that sort of underpins all of this. And it's really fundamental that we get in there and we stop that negative inner voice. When I'm working with clients, it's like the kind of the basement level, the foundations is to really look at that and listen to that, actually, and think about how you're having a dialogue with yourself and how you might tweak that and become more of your own inner champion rather than your own worst critic. Amazing. I mean, I can talk to you about that sort of stuff for absolute ages, especially like imposter syndrome. What you said just now resonated, but I didn't know there was an actual term for it until I came into the online space. So my business is about a year old and I knew sort of like in my career, I'm an ex-PAEA, so working with C-suite board members, so quite senior And yeah, that sort of talking to yourself negatively or kind of looking at other people and judging yourself based on where they are, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't realise there was a an actual term until I moved into the online space. And then I kind of had that aha moment. And one of the things I did when I started out, I immediately started working with a coach around mindset because I thought, oh, if I can kind of tackle this whole thoughts and mindset and, you know, do the inner work, do the work on myself. At the start of my business owner journey, I can hit the ground running, not actually realizing that imposter syndrome, your mindset work is a daily thing. Yeah. So I love coaches like yourself who do this sort of work, especially for women. I'm all about female empowerment because we've been at a disadvantage for absolute since the beginning of time. Right. Yeah, we have, there's a lot to unpick for us. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so yes, I could just sit and talk to you about this topic for yonks and yonks. But I would love to know, so you've been doing this work with business owners and then it's great that organisations and charities reach out to you. I think that's absolutely amazing. But where did the idea of the podcast come from? Well, that's really interesting. And I mean, I absolutely love podcasts. So this is a great show for me because podcasts are life. Like they are so fun and I love creating audio content. In fact, I love listening to podcasts, but I love creating them even more. It's just like a real buzz for me. 
But I didn't always feel like that. I actually had, even as a positive psychology coach and anti-self-sabotage coach, someone who prides myself on having kind of pretty robust self-esteem around what I can do and what I can try. I had some limiting beliefs about starting a podcast and I kind of thought, you know, there's loads out there. Like there's not room for another one. I won't get enough listeners. What's the point? Uh, You know, what's the point if I'm not in the, you know, top 10 every week? And actually that's just totally, you know, BS. That's limiting beliefs. That's not what my podcast is is actually for. And it was just um, picking some of that. And I worked with a coach, actually a business coach. But it was interesting because she's not a mindset coach at all. She's absolutely fabulous, um, Jen Hall. But we talked mainly about strategy. And within that, we talked about maybe, you know, kind of creating a YouTube channel or creating a blog. And I was a bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like this podcast had had this real energy around it. But I was telling myself it wasn't the right thing to do. And actually, it's been phenomenal. Um, um, I've loved doing it. I still love doing it. It's kind of something which I get in flow. One thing I talk to my clients about is being in flow with your work and really feeling like it's kind of effortless and you're so engaged and involved in it that it well, that it feels effortless, but you're kind of actually at a level of mastery. And I definitely get that feeling when I'm doing my podcast, when I'm creating it. And it feels like my fourth baby. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. And I, yeah, I'm nearly at the year point, but it's, um, it's been absolutely fantastic for just opening up my own eyes to new opportunities and also bringing new people into my world. You know, the clients yeah. that have come about because of my podcast and the people within organizations who have approached me purely and simply because of my podcast. And I would also say sometimes mm-hmm. they haven't even listened to it, but just by knowing that you're out there as the kind of person that would create right. a podcast and create that content, I think gives yeah. you a great level of credibility. So yeah, it was part of my journey to market myself more widely. And it ended up being kind of a lot more than that really huge part mm-hmm. of my day to day life now. Amazing. I would love to know what you love most because you said that you love, you know, the audio side of it and producing the the podcast itself. So what do you love most about it? I really like writing out my uh, episode plans. And that sounds so geeky, but I just really enjoy kind of thinking, okay, I've got this topic idea and now I can bring it to life. And I've got really kind of confident with how I map them out. And it's, I don't write off a script. I don't, you know, obviously I've got a few scripted parts in my podcast, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the content that I do, and it's the majority is solo episodes. I do it off the cuff, but from some basic ideas and points that I want to cover off. And so I love that. I love creating those outlines because I think I just think when I'm doing them, oh, this is going to be really fun to record. You know, it's that kind of nascent part of the podcast process where it's all in front of you. So I do really enjoy that. And I enjoy hearing back from listeners. That's amazing and so worthwhile. Like this week I had a real issue with my microphone because I think it didn't enjoy the journey that it made across the world when I recently moved. (laughs) And I left behind my very good, actually better microphone backup because I'd prefer my more basic one. Anyway, I'm going to have to resolve that in the next few days because uh, otherwise I'll be recording all my episodes using my headphone mics. That was, you know, frustrating. But then I received the most lovely message on LinkedIn from someone who was like, I'm still so inspired by your podcast. Like, thank you for this week's episode. And it's just like, you know what, that you can't kind of put a price on that and you can put up with some tech issues. (laughs) Most definitely. And thinking or actually, yeah, thinking about what you said around your episode outlines and that being the favorite bit for you. I would love to know how you came up with the episode around Inside Out, because obviously I'm familiar (laughs) 
when I start having a child myself um, and loving Pixar films, I was just like, I obviously saw it and I was like, huh? And, but it's only when I started listening, I was like, oh my gosh, it does actually she relate. She really is talking the, about that. Yeah, really, <laughs> it was such a creative episode and how you were able to bring it into the stuff that, you know, us women um, experience. So how did that episode come about? I can't quite remember the process of that one. I knew I wanted to write an episode about the superpower, which is like how we all have this amazing locus of control is the kind of academic term for it within us that means we get to choose things. And actually, often we don't realise that for the vast majority of our lives. And I I love that. It's a huge topic that I've been wanting to tackle. Um, And I don't know why, I don't know where the inside out link came, but I, you know, maybe just a bit of indulge me, you know, I want to talk about Pixar. I love that film. And, um, you know, you said about having kids, but actually my kids do not love that film as much as they should. I feel like it's (laughs) something that, you know, you appreciate later in life. But um, yeah, I think I just thought actually it's really, it's not directly linked to what I was talking about, but I love the presentation of Inside Out and it really Mm -hmm. gives you, kind of gets you into that um, imaginary space of there's stuff going on in my head and actually I get to make some decisions about that I get to control it and I get to uh, decide you know when I'm going to dig into joy when I'm going to dig into sadness and they're all valid uh, anger and you know all of the other emotions but I'm actually in the driving seat and I, I think yeah that's the kind of way I saw those two concepts linked no, it's very creative. So, you know, guys, if you're listening, I definitely recommend that you head on over and check out that episode. I was just like, wow. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you so much, thank you. That's lovely. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I love, I think podcasting allows you to be creative, but I've just not seen anything. I mean, I haven't listened to every, there's like 2.6 million podcasts, but oh just God. your spin yeah. on it was just like, oh, wow, I like this. This is good. So yeah, thank you. I have found it a brilliant creative outlet, actually. And I think, again, you know, we tell ourselves stories. I was super academic as a child, a teenager and in my early 20s. And I think it took me a little while to realize I was also really creative. Something that I do with clients is I do um, a really nice strengths tool. And um, when I did the strengths tool myself years ago, creativity came out as an underused strength. And that really spoke to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I am cre- I am creative. It's kind of been nibbling at me, but I haven't been doing anything with it. And so, yeah, I think that's probably why I enjoy that writing out stage that, you know, I'm very writey as well. I've got one of those yeah. fancy electronic notepads because I like the physical process of oh, writing. Oh, yes. Is it the, um, what's it called? I keep seeing it pop up. Remarkable. That's it. I haven't actually got that one. I've got the Onyx Books, which is slightly, it's not that quite the same writing experience, but I like it because it's got a few more bells and whistles. It's got Kindle and it's got other things. But um, yeah, (laughs) I just love handwriting, actually. I I like journaling. I like handwriting. I don't know if you're more connected to the words. There is something different about just putting pen to paper rather than just using an iPad or typing on a computer. Yeah, it's funny. Like when I'm doing more creative stuff, I definitely want to have that handwritten element. If I'm doing something that's maybe a little bit more technical, like I'm writing a proposal or, you know, something like that, then absolutely there's a place for tech. Yeah, no, there's always a place for tech. (laughs) Okay, so you are coming up to your year anniversary with the podcast next week so end of September and so you recently celebrated your 50th episode plus 10,000 downloads that is quite an achievement in such a short period of time tell us what's your secret how did it feel tell us all the goods 
Yeah, thank you. It felt amazing. And I think, you know, I was aware of that sort of milestone in my head right from the beginning, like, oh, it'd be really nice to get to 10,000 in the first year. I wonder if that's possible. And I wasn't totally, you know, that wasn't the main reason. I didn't want to just look at the numbers because actually I love the fact that I've got this lovely, loyal listenership that's really interested in what I've got to say. And, and lots of those um, listeners are also clients. So it's a really lovely community. But I did have this figure in my head thinking 10K feels like a really nice kind of, I'm a bit of a numbers geek on top of everything else. And I thought, oh, it'd be quite nice to get to that point. So yeah, that was amazing. And weirdly, it ended up completely matching my 50th episode, um, which I wasn't expecting. It actually batched a couple of episodes and then had to have them like back to back. It was quite good. I had to really kind of sit with my own discomfort about celebrating my wins, which is something I really encourage my clients to do. You've got to, you know, big yourself up. You've got to boost your self-esteem. I was like, wow, I do sound like quite a braggy podcaster at the moment. But, you know, I think it's really important to talk these things up. No one else is going to do it for you. (laughs) Although you've given it a good try. (laughs) Most definitely. So what has your journey been like? So you're 12 months in. What has it been like looking back? Well, I think it's just feels to me like it's getting easier, which sounds bonkers, because I think when I started out and people were saying to me, got some advice and people said, you know what, you know, you've got to get to 100 episodes, nothing will really happen in the first year, podcasts are long game. And it did feel a bit like an uphill, you know, mountain. Mm. And actually, I it's completely outstripped what I expected it to do. So that's been really wonderful. But as time's gone on, I found it easier to think of topics. You know, I kind of at the beginning thought, hang on, I've I've created seven to start with. And how am I ever going to keep going like week in, week out? And now it feels like, you know, I've always got new ideas. I've always got new spins on things. And so that definitely has been really key. And as I said, I think just in terms of raising my profile, it's been absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, And it's been the kind of, the most consistent I've been, you know, I've dabbled with Facebook groups, I've dabbled with LinkedIn, and I do still use different forms of social media, but they're not where my heart lies. And actually bumping yeah. my podcast uh, episodes out week in, week out, it doesn't feel like a chore. You know, sometimes I do think, oh my goodness, <laughs> another That's week crazy. is passing. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, but I love it. So yeah, it's been really amazing. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And I think I said this in today's episode of my podcast, when podcasting isn't fun anymore, you need to stop and reevaluate because that's what podcasting is meant to be fun. So I love how you said that it doesn't feel like a chore. It just comes really naturally. You look forward to it. It's your creative space. I absolutely love that. I'm actually a bit greedy and I'm thinking about starting a second one. And actually this week, I was thinking about doing it next year. Um, and okay. this week, I've wondered about pushing it forward. But I think it probably will be around January time that I get my act together because it takes time. Yeah, I want to do a, a second podcast because probably just like a monthly one rather than every week, mm-hmm. but which speaks directly to the work that I do within organizations so that yeah. I've got those two sides. And eventually I might bring both of them down to fortnightly or something and you know make them more equal. Yeah. but. Yeah, I definitely haven't lost the uh, the passion for podcasting. It's kind of increasing, if anything. And are you managing everything yourself? Like, how? What's your sort of routine? I do occasionally use an editor, but a lot of the time I do the ed- edit myself because I do it really speedily. And I kind of pride myself in it being a bit imperfect. So I often get emails from um, podcast editors saying, uh, would you like us to make your podcast more professional? You know, those kind of, and I'm a bit like, no, because then it kind of goes against who, you know, my take on the world. But those emails are so 
cringe. They're so cringe because they've never listened. (laughs) Well, I just, it's like my client, bless her. I was offboarding her recently and she sent me a screenshot of an email she'd gotten, a video actually, a video. Video, I got one of those. Um, It might have been the same person that reached out to you. (laughs) To you. And the title of the video was something around the mistakes you're making with your podcast. And I'm like, ugh. And then I obviously listened to the video and he had the top three mistakes that she was making. Like one, for example, having a website, which she's in the process of doing so she can do her show notes. And because I've obviously been working on a podcast, I felt a bit offended. I was just like, her podcast is my podcast. How dare you? point out the mistakes that we are making with her podcast. I just think that approach is just, he won't have known whether or not she's got an editor. It wasn't about the quality, thank goodness. But yeah, I just, clearly now you've mentioned it, it's clearly a marketing tool that a lot of editors are using, but I would never dream. I mean, cold outreach is something that I don't do anyway, but to highlight someone's mistakes. It's edgy, isn't it? (laughs) It's so cringy. Um, and as she did point out, she found it interesting, but it didn't make her want to work with him. So I think people that are doing this really need to go back and reevaluate their strategy because it's not really going to get you clients. So yes, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I just remembered, so you edit speedily. I am always interested in speeding up my editing process, especially for my own. <laughs> so what does that look like? Well, I think it's different for me because they're always, um, or not always, but vast majority are solo episodes. So when I'm recording, I record in quite a conversational way. You know, like I said, I'm not reading off a script most of the time and I, mm-hmm. and I stop and start. So I make a mistake. I put the cursor back and then I go again. And it's literally as rough edited as that. And then I run it through okay. something called Alitu, which is... Yeah pretty good I mean I don't know quite how much it's it's tweaking the audio quality overall but I like the interface and it takes me no time and it's also something I can get other people to do quite easily it's a really easy interface if I need to delegate yeah, it yeah, yeah it's really good and um, I also what I have done is because when we were doing this big international move and I thought you know I've got all these weeks to do I did do a massive batch mm-hmm. and really focused on it for about two months about a month maybe and um, one of the things I did was I created an intro which I used for quite a lot of weeks I've now sort of shifted that up a bit and I'm trying to find ways to do my own intro every week but that saved yeah. me so much time because it just meant that you know I was you know sometimes I don't know if you find this the podcasting I know that definitely I did at the beginning it's hard to just get going to do that first sentence takes longer than sometimes you know the next 10. I mean I think everyone's got a different struggle with getting off the starting block for me mine was the name and the podcast almost didn't happen if for a um a coach who gifted me some of her time. And then after 45 minutes, she was like, too busy to podcast. And I was like, yes, my dreamers yes. are back. Oh my, my God. Are back. Oh, it's amazing, track. isn't it? It is. But we all have a different, yeah, we all have a different place where we're like, oh, I feel a little bit stuck here. 
I had a different name right at the beginning. So I, and I think this is, again, is, you know, this, this kind of feeds into the coaching that I do, which is like, do you know what? You can just do it and then you can always yeah. change it. Um, and, yeah. and I did exactly that. So I, my first, I think 10 or so episodes, maybe a few more than that, maybe 15, it was called the Resign and Shine podcast because my mm-hmm. target audience at that point was people who'd left corporate or were about to leave corporate. And as time yeah. went on, the clients that I started taking on and the people who were listening were often quite established. They weren't in that resign stage anymore. And it didn't sort of feel congruent with what I was talking about. Yeah. And when I changed the title to self-sabotage to success oh my goodness everything else flowed so much more easily then because everything feeds into that title so nicely and actually I've just oh thank you and I've just come up with my title for my organizational one which is this is like completely newsflash haha which again it was like oh my god I can't think of this I don't know what it's going to be I think I'm overthinking it and I've decided I think I'm going to call it empowered talent so it's basically just does what it says on the tin it's about empowering your talent keeping your keeping your talent and nurturing your talent I was like oh nurture talent you know it's a bit wet so I went for empowered empowered talent and it's again yeah I was like that makes sense to me that pulls in so many themes and different areas and they come back to that central idea I love it. I love it. And you said in the new year. In the new year, I think. Yeah, that's my plan. Okay. That's my, I'm working backwards from January at the moment, but I need to get ahead of myself on both of them so that I'm not giving myself yeah. some kind of Christmas hernia, <laughs> having to record loads of episodes. But yeah, that's you're the plan. You're going to go in with the new one monthly, so that will yeah. help. Either monthly or bit. fortnightly, I think. Yeah, and also okay. because it's going to be for a corporate audience, I'm going to do shorter episodes. So it's going to be for stakeholders, it's going to be for HR people, it's going to be for CEOs, and they're going to be interested, but probably not as navel-gazing as we are about ourselves and things that we're interested for our own personal development. So yeah, I think I'm going to go for sort of 10, 12-minute episodes. Amazing. Well, best of luck. Thank you. I'm sure it'll be as successful as your first. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope so. (laughs) Most definitely. Would you say that you had a large audience at the start of your journey? Because I know you've got quite a few um, connections with LinkedIn. Was that the case before or have you grown in the last 12 months? Grown a lot in the last 12 months. Um, when I launched the podcast, I can't remember how, my, how many LinkedIn connections I had. My Instagram stayed sort of roughly the same because I've done much more outreach and much more um, content production on, on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely my audience has grown, and the you know regular listeners, I can see that that's been growing you know week on week. It's not just people yeah. kind of coming and binging every episode that's pushing the downloads up. Um, although that does happen too, and I really like that when I look at my stats and I think, oh, I've, I've clearly had some new listeners this week because you know everyone's been listening back to the fifty episodes. I mean, I think I'm at 57 now. So yeah, once a new listener comes in, it can suddenly, I get a bump and I'm like, oh, there's a new listener. Um, (laughs) Unless they've just, you know, wiped their phone and started again or something. Um, But yeah, so yeah, the audience has definitely grown. And it's, as I said, it's brought other people into my world that would never have been there. I actually got a new client recently who saw my Facebook banner, which just happened. I don't really talk about business on my own personal Facebook at all. But I do have my podcast on my Facebook banner because it feels something that's really, I'm really proud of it. And, you know, it's kind of where Mm -hmm. the link between my business and personal life crosses over. And um, yeah, I got a client out of that. So it definitely Mm -hmm. has done wonders for my audience. That is good to know because I think there's lots of different things that can come out of podcasting. But of course, generating leads for your business is something that we all 
hope for, aspire to, and the fact that someone came over from Facebook that you don't, a platform that you don't use regularly is absolutely amazing. And it highlights the importance. I can't tell you, I do hang out on Facebook, I hang out everywhere, but definitely Facebook. When you see someone comment in a Facebook group and you click on their name and there's nothing, there's so many people that do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really love, say it's a copywriter or they've been recommended by several people in one post. And you think, I might want to have your details on file. And then you click on their name. There's no banner. There's no website address. There's no Instagram. There's absolutely nothing. And I'm like, oh, so I love that you did that. You just added the banner on your personal profile. So people are aware and it's landed you a client. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's happened twice, actually. One of them was someone that was in my network and someone was literally someone that you know, that I had commented on someone else's random yeah. kiddie post and then there'd been this chain of events and they, yeah. they spotted my podcast. So yeah, amazing. You just don't know where people are and when they're there and, you know, yes. So you mentioned in your LinkedIn post where we connected that you set targets for yourself. And one of them was obviously hitting 10K downloads. And I think... Did you mention that your that happened two months before you even sort of set it? Yeah, I wanted to get that by the anniversary and it happened, yeah. I think it was the end of July. So, yeah. and, and my podcast, the first episode was the 30th of September last year. So yeah, that was two months ahead of schedule. Yeah, that was really good. Were there any other targets that you set at the time? And how how have setting those goals helped your journey? No, do you know what? I think the rest of it has all been quite iterative and just kind of has evolved as it's gone along. Um, I did set myself targets that I wanted to reach new clients and that has happened. And like I said, I didn't necessarily expect that I would start doing so much work for organisations, but that was just a kind of happy accident really that came out of the work that I was doing. And I think it made so much sense because, you know, people were coming to me saying, can you do a self-kindness workshop? Can you come and talk about um, women in the workplace? Can you talk about being empowered? And, you know, and it was like, well, of course, this is a natural fit because they know what I'm like as a speaker. Um, and if they like that style from listening to the podcast, then there's probably going to be a decent fit. So, but that was yeah. unexpected. I certainly didn't go into it at the beginning thinking, and then by the end of the year, I'll be working with organizations and I'll be doing more of that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I certainly didn't expect to be, uh, you know, wanting to birth a second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised yourself with that one. Yeah. So second podcast aside, do you want to happen or what do you see happening in the next 12 months? So if we were to speak again this time next year, what might we be discussing? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I well, as I've had this geographic relocation, and I'm working more with organisations in Australia and New Zealand, I'm shifting a lot of my client base, my organisational client base over to that area, partly for time zone reasons, but also because I've really invested in um, a lot of the um, advertising industry in that part of the world. So I think much more of my work will be AUNZ focused. Um, I have got an idea to write a book. And it just depends, you know, time and client work and, you know, enjoying being somewhere different as well and remembering to kind of live life and not just kind of work all weekend. That will be, you know, on the cards um, to potentially start thinking about that book. I had an idea for a book, which was going to be something along the lines of the self-saboteurs, like the big self-saboteurs or something Mm. like that, which I still have in the back of my mind. But I'm also open to seeing what direction 
things going in the next six months because I know how inspired you can get by the people you're working with and the uh, the conversations you're having. So yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a big part of the next twelve months for me. And yeah, hopefully okay. spending some time on some beaches. <laughs> oh yes, it's been so long for me. I haven't travelled since January 2020, and I'm like, oh, take me out of this country. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned? I would say kind of trust the process and don't mm. think about, don't overthink something like starting a podcast. I guess it's similar with writing a book or, you know, yeah. starting anything that feels out of reach or out of your comfort zone and actually not overthinking it and just jumping in, giving it a go and seeing where it takes you has been a really good lesson for me and just a good learning for me in general. I know that when I became a mother, that became something I, I had to embrace, you know, the uncertainty and you know seeing what comes next rather than being able to control everything and Mm. I think with the podcast that was just writ large again just go with it go for it and you can as we were saying before you can always tweak things you can always change the title you can always start a second podcast you can always you know change your frequency start adding in more guests do more solo episodes you know nothing is set in stone and the important thing is just to go for it in the first place because you'll definitely regret it if you don't. Yeah, amazing advice. And on the flip side of that, have there been any big challenges that you've had to overcome? Um, I, I think it does feel there's a certain amount of pressure when you know that you, you know, you're doing a weekly podcast. Um, and I definitely think that I felt that when I had a lot of other crunch things going on this week, I, uh, my podcast episode that's just released is all about rest because it was stemmed from the fact that when I was preparing for my move, I became aware that I was close to getting overwhelmed with how much I had to do. Um, and I needed to kind of really step back, give myself and my body lots of rest and also prepare in ways that made it feel manageable for the batching and so on. But yeah, I think that's something which is, Maybe a hurdle for people, the kind of, oh my goodness, it's so constant. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it as an issue, but it's worth remembering to be kind to yourself. And you can, you know, take a break. You can do a five minute yes. podcast episode. You can do an episode where you show up and say, I'm not showing up this week. <laughs> you know, there's lots of ways around it because actually, you, you know, your mental health and well being is absolutely fundamental. It's what I completely preach. And, you know, that needs to always be at the forefront of your mind. But, you know, you could easily get into a perfectionist mindset with podcasting and wherever possible, just don't go there. Don't go there. (laughs) Brilliant advice. I couldn't have said it better myself. There's something you've mentioned batching a couple of times. And today's episode is actually about batching. And I would love to know, kind of, when did you incorporate batching? Was it right at the beginning? Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to your batching episode because that's one of my favorite things actually about podcasting is it's so batchable because even if, yes. you know, <laughs> even if like something comes up and suddenly, you know, what you're saying might be slightly out of date, you can go back and edit it. You know, you can think, yeah. oh yeah, I think I say something now that might now not make 100% sense. You know, I don't know whether you do this, but I move my things around and think, ah, something's happened and this now feels like this is the better order. Yeah, well, I started off with, I think when I launched, I had made seven. I think I launched with four or something four Mm -hmm. or five um but I had a couple ready just in case you know everything became overwhelming in terms of the fallout of launching it which it didn't it was fine it wasn't like I was you know invited on Oprah um but (laughs) 
um but there's still time but um (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but yeah so I I knew that that was possible from the get-go you know Mm. that batching was possible and like the coach that encouraged me to start a podcast as well she said it's you know super batchable and that's really manageable it was right you know we were still in the pandemic well we still are in the pandemic but it was right in the kind of middle bit of the pandemic so I was very aware that at any point you know I could end up with my three kids back sat on my head um and I needed to find a way of of being able to batch it but then yeah that really came into its own this year when I knew that I had this crunch period and you know when you get into flow with the episodes I think they come faster you know if you dedicate a couple of days to batching you can get a lot out um without exhausting yourself because you just kind of and I I like those days if I put a day in my diary and think that's going to be a podcast batch episode that's kind of a gift to me Yes, yes. I think batching is underrated. And in the episode, I even talk about how it can be applied to your personal life. So whether that is meal prep or cooking or even the laundry, like I shared this story where on a Saturday morning, it's just laundry, Mm -hmm. you know, put it in, it does its thing, take it out and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And then, you know, I don't have to think about laundry for a whole week. But in terms of the podcast, I love how you talked about the recording, but it is very batchable. You can do all the audiograms and the video together. You could do the copy. So if you send out emails, then you could do the copy for that or the copy for the social media. So there's so many, as podcasters know, there's so many different tasks that come with your podcast. And for me, a big part of it is improved focus. So when you spend time just doing the same thing for an extended period of time, I just feel like you mentioned in flow, in the zone, and just focus. So I just love how how you mentioned that. And then what is your, do you set aside two days a month? What sort of your routine? No, I, I haven't done it in that way, although that would be a nice way of doing it. And I have considered doing that or having like a week on a week off, you know, like a week in the month yeah. where I where I focus really on the podcast and I might have to be more structured, I think, especially when I bring the second one in. Um, but mm-hmm. no, I have done it on more of an ad hoc basis and I've had okay. periods of batching and periods of non-batching and I'm in a period of non- okay. non-batching at the moment and I don't like it <laughs> um so I'm doing like kind of one a week because I ran out of all the ones I batched and then I've had yeah. this microphone issue um but yeah I it's something that does interest me that kind of thinking okay you know maybe in a quieter period of the month or you know when people mm-hmm. are more likely to be on holiday or something like that then I could focus on it so I like that idea and I also am a big food batcher so yeah I like that analogy of the I'm, I'm a big fan of the instant pot and of making massive chilies and things like that so yeah I, I like that analogy yeah. and that I'm definitely a batch person <laughs> good yeah good no thank you for sharing that and is there anything that you wish you'd known before you started out probably not but is there anything at all oh yeah I, I think I wish I'd known about it earlier you know, I wish I'd kind of gone mm. down that um, rabbit hole of thinking about podcasting earlier mm. and known about the power of it and the great kind of connection. So I, I think I just wish I'd got started a little bit sooner. Um, but, yeah. you know, I'm not, not in a kind of regretful way, but just it's been so much fun. What else would I say about podcasting? I, I think I wish I'd gotten more other podcasts you know, just in general. I love being on other podcasts. It's great. Um, and I don't kind of put enough time into that, you know, getting mm-hmm. onto other podcasts, but I love it. So I think, and I think that took me a little while to realize. I think initially I probably thought, no, I want to be kind of in my controlled environment of my own podcast. And then as soon as I started doing other people's podcasts, I really got a lot from it. And, it, you know, yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Oh. It's really nice. What's one tip you would share with aspiring podcasters? 
I think be really passionate about your niche or your angle or your topic because, you know, you're going to be talking about it a lot. So don't do something that someone else has said. This would be, you know, ideal for you. Do something that feels right and authentic because I love what I'm talking about. And that's why I think it doesn't feel like it's a chore at all. Whereas there are other topics that I probably have got just about enough knowledge to talk about, but it wouldn't light me up in the same way. So yeah, 100% pick something that you love and you can always tweak it and change it. But if it's in the right general area, you're not going to go far wrong. Yes, I love that. And on that brilliant note, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining me today. But before we wrap up, I'd love it if you could tell our listeners about your Slaying Your Business Goals Guide. And of course, where we can find you online and listen to your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. So the best place to find me is to go to my podcast, which is Self-Sabotage to Success, or find me on LinkedIn. And I'm Lucy Orton on LinkedIn. And yeah, um, I'm sure you're going to add the link in the show notes, but I have a really nice free guide and it's about slaying your business goals. It's about getting rid of all that procrastination and all that self-sabotage and really just progressing in your business from a mindset perspective, but also from, as I kind of hinted at earlier on, just doing it perspective. And I'm really monitoring myself so I don't swear on your podcast, but yeah, I, I talk a little <laughs> bit. Okay, <laughs> I talk a little bit in one of my episodes about the JFDI approach, and um, yeah, so the slaying your business goals is, is elements of that. Like you know, eat the frog, get on with things. This is how you can get started, but do it all with lashings of self kindness and self compassion. Don't do it from a perspective of beating yourself up because that's completely counterintuitive. So I'd love anyone to download the guide and get some top tips. Yeah, I will definitely include all the links in the show notes so you can head on over, guys, and make sure you download it and stalk Lucy on LinkedIn. (laughs) I love being stalked. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me, sharing your podcasting journey with us. All the best with this potentially new podcast in the new year. I will definitely be looking out for it on LinkedIn and we will speak soon. Thank you so much, Rosemary, and thank you so much for having me. And it's been brilliant. I love talking about podcasts. This is a this is a brilliant show. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.